Much like Nick, we were over 50. Wow. (laughs) Frequent Flyer, 71. 71? Oh, wow. Uh, Nice. Got a couple shows that are past 100 this year. Flyers ID is coming up. You and uh, Flyers at Chat should both hit 100 by the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Speaking of uh, opening night, did uh, you guys happen to catch the... uh, snow the goalie episode so i was i was actually wondering about this and it's kind of a good thing that we could talk about the 99 dollar tickets oh that, yeah uh, the ticket mm. package so i was not aware of this but i was going to ask you guys if you knew uh any more information about that i only say that because truth be told in all honesty i'm going to be positive uh, here for one second, then it's going to turn oh. negative. Okay, so ninety nine dollars for four games is a hell of a deal. Whether it's lower bowl or upper bowl or standing room, doesn't matter. That's a really good deal. Now, on the downside of that, I think that that kind of shows that the team knows that they fucked up. They're in trouble. Yep. Oh yeah, totally. Because they've never no, done this before. No team would be out there giving away four games for a hundred bucks. Like that's, that's like Buffalo Sabres level, uh, desperate. Yeah. My only team. I don't even think the Sabres do stuff like that. I mean, the, the Sabres, the only, I mean, I've never been to Buffalo for a hockey game. I've, I've wanted to, I was, I wanted to go this year, but the flyers aren't worth my time to, to go there. But, um, Russ Joy and Chris Terrian uh, were doing Snow the Goalie this week. And Russ Joy mentioned that one of the packages included opening night. Wow. Wow. <laughs> They're desperate to fill that place. That's bad. That's yeah. I mean, really bad. When like, they if had you Jeru's, can't sell uh, opening night. When they had Jeru's thing, they gave away thousands of tickets for that one just mm-hmm. to put asses in seats to watch Jeru's last game. So. Yeah, they gave away a lot. Yep. They're probably uh, just as yeah. desperate now. That's a very, like, I know the Phantoms do stuff like that. Like, here's, you know, four tickets to whatever game, and you pay this price. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, like, minor league thing to do. It's, yep. you know, that's, I mean, they turned off the replies in that tweet, which made the whole situation even worse than it already was. But, you know, when you have a, a, a <laughs> when you're plugging discount tickets and some kind of random promotion like that, you have to mute the replies. Like, holy fuck. What a bad look that is for the for the organization <laughs> as a whole. But, yeah, it's. Not a not a great sign, you know. I, I wish those ticket numbers were public. I wish that they would put out how many season ticket people are actually are. Because man, I would love to see how how much that's declined over the last few years. Because the, the they're clearly concerned about putting asses in seats when you have to run promotions like that to to get people to even show up. Oh yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I've I've been pretty on mark with flyers tickets and understanding that market for 
quite some time now, even before I was a season ticket holder, I'd still pay attention to it and whatnot and was flirting with the idea for, for some time. And I've never seen this organization do something like this. Uh, never, never. It, it, it has never happened before. I mean, maybe in the sixties or something when they were trying to get people interested in the team, <laughs> but ever since like the seventies through, you know, this past year, they have not done any sort of ticket promotions to this extent before. And honestly, you know, I put out a tweet. I agree with Manny that it's a great deal. You know, it's it's very advantageous for fans to take advantage of this. But honestly, I would not go personally, even if the ticket were free. They'd have to pay me to go down there um, just because I think it's a waste of time. They have to prove to me that they're worth seeing. Um, I'm not going to go down there and watch, you know, Sean Couturier play middling defense and watch him lose, you know, five to one and then have to drive home. I've done that too many times already. Um, they're not interesting. The roster isn't compelling as we've stated before. And all of these ancillary things by the business folks are great, but they're not really addressing the core issue here (laughs) at all. And, Unfortunately, I feel like the business folks are kind of in a tough position because it's not really their fault right now with the roster. They don't control what Chuck Fletcher does, uh, so they can only do so much. And, you know, people aren't going to bite at this stuff. They want a good roster and compelling players and everything else is just gravy. Yep. So. I I mean, listen, $99 is a great deal. Do you think that fans are going to scoop up those tickets? And I only I only ask this because I know that Toronto Maple Leafs would never, ever do something like that for a ticket package. And it's it's simple supply and demand. Like, even at their worst, you could still... I mean, tickets are extremely hard to come by for Toronto Maple Leafs tickets unless you buy them on secondary markets or you know people or scalpers and whatnot. But just to give you an idea, standing room at Scotiabank Arena is somewhere in the neighborhood of about $90. Wow. Canadian. Flyers so, are about 25 I think, for their standing room area. Yeah, the uh, assembly room or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They've been selling for 25 and and you're literally on the 300 level and you are behind everybody <laughs> in the in this and they've got listen they've got little areas where you can hold your beverage and all that stuff and listen it's it's a hockey game and it ain't that bad there's no bad place to watch a there's no bad seat or standing room uh, only section in Scotiabank, so it's fine. Yeah, same with Wells Fargo, basically. Yeah. Sure. Like, all these stadiums are kind of like that. The only ones that I remember that had a real issue was the uh, Phoenix Coyotes, their original stadium. Uh, they had giant pillars, and they were, like, severely <laughs> discounted seats. If you like FedEx Field. <laughs> Yeah, like, but like $99, like, is this enough based on all the negativity and the vitriol surrounding this team? Is that enough? Or do you think that people will refuse to sell their soul for $99 to support this? I mean, if you were smart, you can probably get lower ball seats for 15 bucks on StubHub the day of the games. If you really Yeah, you can probably get like... lower, uh, lower prices. <laughs> But I guess it's the I guess the allure here is that is, is that the seats are variable and you don't know until you show up. 
if if they're going to be, you know, right behind the glass, which they're not. No, <laughs> uh, I can tell you that right now. Uh, but, you know, is it is it going to be closer in standing room? Way are up you at the touching assembly the room? ceiling of the Wells Fargo Center or at least, a, you know, lower second ball yeah. or something like that? I mean, you'll probably get some favorable outcomes, I'm sure. You know, when you go down there, they haven't sold the tickets, so they're going to probably give you something. But uh, they're going to put you <laughs> on the opposite hard cam side in the lower bowl. So it at least looks like on television there's people in the building. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're gonna put you yeah. behind the benches because that's where the camera's yeah. opposite. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame too because it's so. I mean, gosh, I wish that there was a market for it because it is fun to be able to go down there. You know, when the team is at least reasonably compelling, um, it's just such a shame. See, and then my other question with that is like, I noticed that a lot of the people that still, for whatever reason, renewed their season tickets were kind of upset about that. But at the same time, I mean, I feel bad for them, but a part of me also doesn't feel that bad for them. Not because, now. Because you're, you were supporting this shit show of an offseason. I do feel bad on them in the sense that if you were trying to sell your tickets, and at least because you're not going to go to every game, but at least if you could sell your tickets for something reasonable, what this now does is this totally undercuts you to the point where you have to go on StubHub and sell your tickets for twenty dollars mm-hmm. instead of you know the forty or fifty or sixty dollars that you paid for it, you know, as a season ticket holder. Oh, they're even above that. Yeah, I mean, even those I would say, and um, I'm just kind of going off memory here, but even the bad seats. You know, you're talking for a season ticket holders at least, I don't know, 25 to actually, no, I think more than that. Maybe I think it's more than that. Maybe 45 or 55 a ticket for like the worst seats for season tickets. And then everything just escalates from there. Like, for example, like, I mean, my tickets, I can admit it now. I mean, my tickets were expensive as shit. They were like, I don't know, like one. 180 face value or something they were phenomenal seats uh and now they're probably i don't know, like over 200 face value but you'll never get it back nobody Hell is no. spending even close yeah. to that on the secondary market <laughs> no you'd be lucky to get half of that in the secondary market these days yeah yeah and, and now they have those um there's a band of seats that are around the glass now and i forget i don't even know what they're calling them center city club or something like that um, but those have escalated tremendously over the past two or three seasons. And now I think the first like three rows are 500 plus face value. Yep. That's ridiculous. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely. Get to watch this ridiculous. flaming turd up close and personal for 500 bucks. May as well kick me in the nuts while you're on it. Yeah. Yeah. For 500 bucks, gritty better be twerking in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. No, but like. I don't know, like, I know, Mike, you uh, tweeted a picture. You went recently to a concert. Yes, I saw Rammstein. Rammstein. They were so fun live. Oh, my gosh. I never seen so much fire in my life. (laughs) See, and and, and that's what I mean. Like, so just to get an idea, like you from the picture anyways, it looked like you were fairly close to the stage. Yeah, I was in the uh, the Fuer zone, which is the closest area you can get. Okay, so basically, I'm not going to ask you how much you paid for your ticket, but in terms of value for what you paid, were you did it exceed your expectations? It exceeded. It's funny you mentioned that. I was just talking to a friend of mine earlier, and I said I would have paid triple. 
uh, for the price that I paid. I mean, they weren't honestly, they weren't that expensive. They were like on a 140, and you could, I mean, I could have gotten all the way up to the stage if I really wanted to. I hung back a little bit, but I, oh my god, I would have paid over three hundred dollars for those tickets. For something like that. Because it was such an incredibly captivating show. It's unbelievable. So in other words, the price that people are willing to pay goes up when the product and, and what you're getting is perceived as, hey, this is going to be really worthwhile. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. Like, like I went to two Jays games and, okay, parking was uh, – 40 bucks to park a car. I'm sorry. It's that's, that's wow. rotten. Oh yeah. <laughs> right, right underneath uh. the, the sky dome. And I, I'm sorry. I refuse to call it Rogers center. I've always called it the sky dome and I always will. And then the second time I went, it was 35 bucks. I parked at a hotel, like up the street, but both games were really well attended. Um, one was a midweek game against the Cardinals and they lost. And the other game was a kind of like a family fun, uh, you know, kind of promotion. They call it Junior Jays. So, like, the kids get to go and run the bases. Oh, that's after great. The game that's is fun. over and all that. Now, the lineup for that was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but literally, it was like almost that capacity. Like, it w- they did a great job filling that stadium with that kind of a promotion. They've got other promos where you have, like, you know, dollar hot dogs. You know, those are very popular days. Like, I don't understand why the Flyers can't. I mean, listen, they fucked up from the beginning when they just said, well, we're not lowering or raising the ticket prices. It's going to be the same. You should have lowered it for everyone. You should have just bit the bullet and said, you know what? We're cutting it 15% across the board for everybody. We screwed up. This was a bad season, and there's no way that you guys should be on the hook for that. We're going to discount our prices by 15% or whatever it is, right? They should have done that as an act of good faith. And now, from an outsider's point of view, it almost looks like they're coming to the fans now, hat in hand, saying, here, please, please come to our games. $99, you can go to four games. Like, it, it, it almost reeks of desperation and it's kind of sad because mm-hmm. there's no way the Leafs or the Habs or any yeah. premier market team would do something like this mm-hmm. and I never thought I'd see the Flyers do something like this it's the surefire sign that things are a lot worse than they let on that they're fully aware that nobody's mm-hmm. going to pay for this team that nobody wants to go to these games that they've killed the organization they killed the spirit this team yeah. once had like you like know, they can they that, can say whatever they want. Fletcher can call whatever the fuck he wants. But at the end of the day, nobody's paying for this team, and you didn't make any yeah. moves that make anybody want to pay for this team. Like why isn't why isn't Dave Scott in the ear of Chuck Fletcher saying, "Look, this didn't happen overnight either. This has been a trend for years long now. time. It's in this yeah. direction." Why didn't Dave Scott go to Chuck Fletcher and say, "Hey, hey, hey asshole, you know, like, uh, why, why are you re-signing Sean Couturier yes. for eight years? Nobody is paying to see a thirty-three-year-old Sean Couturier play defensive hockey. It's not happening. He's supposed to be your one seeing your best player. Nobody is paying to see that. What are you doing signing him that long? Like." No one is paying to see these players. Like, I don't care if you have to fucking send JVR to the minors. No one's paying to see JVR anymore. Like, that's the thing that pissed me off, too. It's like 
You know the business side is going downhill. You know season tickets are down. It's because of the roster. It's not because of the fucking pizza guy. It's because the roster sucks. Everybody knows it sucks. Yet you sit there and you let him do whatever he wants and sign the players till the end of time. It's because of the fucking players. Yep. The players suck. Nobody wants to pay and watch them. That's why no one's going. It's not the fucking food. Ah, you're right. It, it, get in the GM's ear. Your roster stinks. It's not interesting. No one's going because of that. And that only. Oh, my God. It's just infuriating. Like for the amount of of pull that Dave Scott has here, he's running the team. Even Val Camillo. Val should get in Chuck's fucking ear and say, look, dude, we're doing we're busting our ass to make 30, every guy. Three hundred and fifty million dollars. We're dumping into this Wells Fargo yeah. Center to improve. It. I mean, like, they put a fucking a team on the ice and sell tickets. It's not perfect, but I mean, Val, for all intents and purposes, has busted her ass with these business people trying to every fucking thing they can, and that's not doing anything. It's clearly the freaking players. Yeah, that's it. it yeah. It's so obvious that it's the roster and only the roster that's the core problem here. Thanks, you're boiling my blood on this, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's it couldn't be more obvious. And I'm I'm so glad you led us down this path, Manny. It's very very uh very well coordinated. <laughs> well, you know what. Go, the, go ahead, Dan. It's one of the biggest reasons why I can't believe they didn't sign Gaudreau. Like, if, if hell or high water, whatever they had to do to get the cap to clear that guy, I cannot believe they didn't do it because that guy alone would have put asses in seats for the foreseeable future. Maybe it would have been the best long-term thing. You can argue about the cap all you fucking want. I, I see the downsides, Deb. From a business side, there are very few things you could have done better than signing hometown hero Johnny Gaudreau to put him in. What the fuck? We've been all these rumors coming out of Columbus about all the tickets they've sold since they signed the guy because people want oh, yeah. to pay to watch him play hockey. This is not fucking rocket science this is is as simple as it fucking gets the guy wanted to come play here he wanted to play for his hometown team we as fans wanted to watch him play for his hometown team and you didn't fucking do that because we just gotta keep jvr around for another year it's just unbelievable it is fucking unbelievable how they go about doing shit like that. The solution, at least short term, was right fucking there, and you didn't take yep. it. These assholes deserve the failures they're taking in the front office right now mm-hmm. because they're not helping themselves. Mm-hmm. It's Chuck's what? fault and his management team solely right now. <laughs> oh, don't forget, guys. They were never in on them. It's almost like it never crossed their mind to go and get <laughs> yeah. it. I, I don't, do I don't believe, believe that at this point. Because Gaudreau said the same thing. that they He didn't hear shit from the Flyers. Oh, but he wanted to. Oh, wait, he absolutely he did want to. And he hemmed and hawed. He waited and he the whole waited day. <laughs> and nothing. They, they said, just fuck it, we're going to Columbus. So I but, firmly but, believe that they didn't actually pursue Gaudreau in any legitimate form or fashion. I believe that because Gaudreau himself confirmed it. I'm I'm glad, Mike, that you mentioned, like, you know what? Why isn't Val Camillo in Chuck's ear saying, do this? Mm-hmm. And, and Dan, you know, why isn't Dave Scott doing this? This is the difference, and I know that there, everybody's like, well, sports is all co- corporate-owned now, and this is the way that it's going, and I get that. But when you have an individual as an owner, that's that person's money, and nothing pisses them off more than when their money is wasted or spent in an ill-advised manner. Yeah. When it's a corporation 
there's finger pointing you know it's his fault it's her fault it's this person's fault it's that person's we'll fault. we'll just raise don't our wor- comcast bills to fucking don't, pay yeah, for it right don't worry we're gonna raise the bills don't worry we're gonna charge a dollar more for beer don't worry we're gonna charge an extra dollar for parking don't worry we're gonna write this off for taxes because it's a loss don't worry we're gonna do this don't <laughs> worry when it's an owner and it's one person and they sit there and they go i'm sorry you you lost how much of my money Fuck you. You're fired. Get your ass out. Clear out your desk. I'm going to have security fucking escort you out of the building in 10 minutes. Get out. That's my money. You don't waste my money. You don't dump mm-hmm. 300 million of my money into the Wells Fargo Center and this new scoreboard and sound system and all this shit and the circus trance and the fucking mm-hmm. fryer oil that you're going to save money on. None of it. If you're going to do that, you better have some kind of plan to make some of that money back for me. Mm. I don't mind spending money. That's what rich people do. They spend money. But it's all about making money. They're not just going to let sit there and let their team be a money pit forever and ever and ever. They're going to want to see some sort of a plan for here's how we're going to create fans and generate money and revenue and excitement and really turn this into an event, a must-see place to go to watch a hockey game, a place where you're going to have people on social media taking pictures and selfies and saying, look, I'm at a Flyers game. This is fun. Don't you wish you were me? Who's doing that right now? Nobody. Nobody. People are sitting. There's nobody whispering in Chuck Fletcher's ear saying, dude, what are you doing with my money? Go out and spend. I told you, I'm going to give you whatever money you want. Go and fix this right now. And the guy did nothing because there's a salary cap and this and that and the other thing. And it's finger pointing. That's one of the biggest differences between corporate owned and somebody like a Mark Cuban or whoever who owns a team and says, you know what? This is my team. And if I want to sit in the front row and yell at a referee, that's my team. I don't care. I'm going to do it. You want to find me? Go ahead and find me. I don't care. I'll pay that off. Here, I'll pull it out of my wall right now. What do you want? 10 grand, 100 grand? Here you go. I'll do it again tomorrow. You can't stop me. It's my team. I own it. Mm -hmm. There's none of that with the corporate-owned franchise. Yeah, it's almost as if the the corporation side and the business side – it just thinks that the players are just interchangeable, that you could have anybody, you know, John Q. Public wearing a Flyers jersey and everything's going to work out the same way. It's it's a like they're devaluing who's actually putting on the sweater and on the ice. And at the end of the day, that that's the biggest factor that that you need to do. I mean, for for a corporation, even as well and like kind of dovetailing up, Manny, even if you're a corporation like you have to see that things are going south here and step in at some point. Yeah. And like, you can't just let it just keep bleeding. Like when do you stop the bleeding on it and stop blaming, you know, Mark Vetri and James Beard aren't, the, aren't going to get people <laughs> back. You know, it's, it's because it's the same players and nobody wants to watch the team. I mean, the, the organization should have learned that, the distractions are not appreciated and that's through the gritty stuff of the past couple of seasons where I do think that the organization listened to fans about the overusage of gritty several years ago and they did tone down gritty. Uh, I think last season and partially the season before By the end of last season, he was mm-hmm. pretty much an afterthought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people 
don't want distractions anymore. You know, I think that's that's exactly. They're running out of time with this whole thing. Like, and that's the ultimate reason why I think Chuck Fletcher's not long left for this team because you're at a point where you're reaching critical level here of we got to fucking do something to turn this ship around. We are sinking fast. You know, nobody's going to buy tickets. Nobody's going to do that. If the product is bad to get out of the gate this year and nobody's buying tickets, I mean, you've exhausted that hope. And that's the whole reason. Like, you didn't even market it as a rebuild. You marketed it as an aggressive retool and then fucked that up. You know, nobody's willing to commit to this team anymore. Nobody's going to buy tickets. This is just, this is not just this year it's not just the last two years of shit it's the last fact that we've been strong on through this whole thing since 2014 when Extol took over you know your dream uh, you know we were uh, given this dream of grandeur and everything's gonna be great and we're gonna win cups with Travis Sanheim and Ivan Provorov and then that never happened and they're shit and now we're here watching the same fucking failures in 2022 that we were watching in 2016 and nothing has changed nobody's good there's no future here you know, you didn't bring in any good players. You told you, you lost out on Giroux. Now he's gone. You know, you've got nothing going for you. And if this team is as bad on the ice as they look on paper, how, you know, I don't know. At what point do you save your own ass at this point? It, I, you know, I, <laughs> I guess with the benefit of hindsight, I'm not, I'm not surprised Fletcher didn't lose his job immediately. But if I was Dave Scott and Chuck Fletcher pulled that shit, and free agency period and didn't sign anybody, I would have fired him on the goddamn spot if for no other reason than to save my own ass at that point. Hey, this guy just fucked up. It wasn't my fault. You know, it's all, I just, I don't understand. If I can sit here and tell you this ain't going right, I would assume the suits in the front office can realize the same thing that, hey, we're on the wrong trajectory right now. We got to do something to save our own asses. And their idea is bring in a goddamn pizza chef. Why don't you fire Chuck Fletcher and compose a good hockey team? <sighs> yeah, so they brought in. I think the uh, the Flyers had brought in um, somebody for ticketing from the Sacramento Kings. Yes. Uh, Lisa um, yeah. Lisa Fagenbaum, I think, is her name, and she seems very experienced, and I'm sure she's going to do an excellent job. And uh, but I don't think there's anything she can do. <laughs> like what? Like I mean, ticketing. And I brought this up on Twitter when they announced this earlier this summer. They have no problems with ticketing. Just speaking like that process is fine. Like people can buy tickets. Like it's not a big deal, but it's the team. Like what is she going to do for the team? It's, it's nothing. Like the ticketing is, is a non-issue here. Yeah. So they were, you know, big, Oh, the fan experience is going to get better and whatnot through her. And it's like, no, it's fine. That is all secondary stuff here. Stop distracting. They're, they're missing the point. It was the same thing with the pizza. It's like, oh, that's great. That's an improvement that was first and awesome. But you don't have any fans to pay for that pizza. There's going to be 2,000 people in the Wells Fargo Center by the time January rolls around. Who the fuck? You know, like, if this was 2010 and you were making the playoffs every year and this was going to be a great team and you're going to make a deep playoff run and you want to improve the Wells Fargo Center and the fan experience, awesome! Improving the fan experience once you've chased away all the fans doesn't make any goddamn sense. Nobody's going to buy your ticket packages because of a pizza place. They're not. They're going to buy tickets because they want to watch a good hockey team, which you have not produced in fucking years and years and years and years now. It's going to take, I, I just, even if the Flyers come out of the gate hot this year, 
if they defy all odds and they look like a fucking playoff team, how many months do you think it's going to take before anybody buys back into the process? And buys back into this team and believe they're going to be good. They're not going to have, if you come out of the gate and go 5-0 and in October or however many games they play, nobody's going to buy tickets in November because you killed all their trust all these years. It's going to take mm-hmm. months, if not years, to undo the damage that they've done here. And they don't fucking understand that! <sighs> This isn't you this know, isn't hard. I don't have a business degree. I'm just a fan who knows what the fuck this team used to look like and have watched it slowly but surely collapse over the years. This is not this is Philadelphia. I realize there are coaches and players and all this shit that come into this team this city and just don't understand it. Whether whether it's basketball or football, baseball, some people just can't figure it out. This is the fucking easiest city to get through because it's a complete gimmick. When Alec Baum earlier in the season said, I fucking hate this place, and then he goes into his post-community and he goes, you know what, I do fucking hate this place. Everyone goes, yeah, Alec Baum, this guy's <laughs> awesome. And he was a fan favorite ever since because he's yeah. just honest and embraced the shit. You're trying to do stuff for the Flyers that just doesn't work. Nobody's going to buy tickets for a fine dining experience at the Wells Fargo Center. I can buy $30 milkshakes and $50 pizza. What the fucking deal? I can get a hand job out back at the Wells Fargo Center for 10 bucks. I don't need your goddamn pizza. All right, just put a fucking product on the ice that I listen, I live in the I Valley, I live in Allentown. Do you think I'm buying a single ticket to go watch the Flyers this season? Absolutely not. If your top line this year was Alex DeBrincat, Sean Couturier, and Johnny Gaudreau, all right, and you showed some promise on the ice, things look good, they turn it around, you're in a playoff hunt, maybe my ass goes, you know what, maybe I will buy a ticket and go down there and watch a game. But I'm not doing that because I'm not driving an hour and a half out of my way in rush hour traffic during the fucking week to watch the Flyers get their ass kicked into their ass 9 nothing. I'm not fucking doing it. I guarantee, based on the numbers here, nobody else is doing it either. That's why you're giving away four tickets for $99, you assholes. This is not rocket science. Why is it so fucking difficult to put a team on the ice that has any kind of competitive nature whatsoever? Because your general manager's a goddamn moron. And for some reason, you just kept him around another year. And he's going to offer a contract to Sanheim, and it's just going to put the fist up the ass a little further by the end of the year. It's, just, it's unbelievable the direction this franchise is trending. When it's so... Well, it, uh, not anymore, but it was easy to fix. You know, you should have got off the fucking tracks before the train was coming. Now you're fucking currently getting run over by the fucking SEPTA here, and it's time to do something drastic. And all the next step is clearing out the front office. Like, there's no way Chuck Fletcher makes it past Christmas, right? I know we talked about this on, on the last episode, but, like, you gotta be. If this shit's off the rails, he is the scapegoat, and he is gone. Gone! You gotta fire him. You gotta move on. You gotta bring somebody else in. Even if it's fucking Danny Breer. I don't have a ton of confidence in Breer from a general manager perspective, but you know what? Everybody fucking loved the guy when he was here as a player. It's the same thing with Hextall. How many years did Ron Hextall have on that leash before people started to question him? Fuck, there are people to this day that still think he was a great GM. You know, Danny Breer can come on here and he can just shit everywhere, and then people are gonna go, well, you know what? It was Danny Breer. I loved him as a player 15 years ago. You know, you buy yourself at least some level of good confidence from the fan base that something is going to change here. But, I don't know. Just the fact they've let it get so bad. The fact that they didn't go after Gaudreau this summer. Like, that was your goddamn 
opportunity to change something for one fucking modicum of good positive thing. That, by the way, after the offseason, where you just repeatedly told your fans to fuck off. You brought in D'Angelo, has pissed off a lot of people. You fucking bought out Oscar Lindblom, the cancer survivor that pissed off a lot of people. You bring in Nick Delorier, pissed off a lot of people. I just don't fucking get how the general manager didn't think of, hey, you know what, let's try. Just try for a little bit and put some asses in seats here. It's unbelievable. How did Dave Scott not get in his ear and go, hey, Chuck, can you fucking do something to save our asses here? How did Val Camilla not go, hey, Chuck, can you bring in one player that's going to sell an extra ticket this year? Why? How? Is there just no communication in the front office whatsoever? Or is there's it just none. complete incompetence from everybody involved? God I don't think they communicate at all. I think the business side, from what my understanding is, Dan, that was that was excellent, by the Thank way. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my understanding is that they don't communicate, is that the hockey ops side is in its own silo and business is another silo. I don't even know if they ever have any meetings with each other. I think that's why it seems like it doesn't matter who's on the ice, who's the same thing over and over again. The players aren't marketed either. No, um, so, you know, it's, it's just like one thing after another, and they're going to be getting the same or worse results. Uh, listen to especially that epic, epic rant, but all, but all, but also the preamble from Mike, a question popped into my head. And at first it sounds like a really stupid question, but the more that I think about it, the more that I'm starting to convince myself that it's true. Do they actually care about the Philadelphia Flyers? No. And I, and I say this because look at all the, Big things that all the people that have the keys to the kingdom, Dave Scott, Val Camillo, all these people, what do they have? What are the big things that they've done? The big multi-million dollar upgrade to the audio and, and video screen. Who does that benefit? Wells Fargo Center. Yeah. Ideally, there's going to be spillover where it does benefit the Flyers and the Sixers and the Wings and and whatever. But ultimately, it's to upgrade the Wells Fargo the building. Yeah, right. Then you're going to bring in the chef, five star chef, to upgrade the food at the Wells Fargo Center. Again, who does this help? Because it doesn't help the Flyers. No, it helps the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah. What things are they doing to help the Flyers? Well, nothing, apparently. It, nothing, because it's not players. No. Because that was proven this offseason, because <laughs> they didn't get anybody of substance. No. Question Nick Delorier like that. What, what are they doing to actually, do they give a shit about the Flyers? No. Or that is was this the worst all thing. about the that was the, When Ed Snyder died, the worst fucking thing that ever happened in this organization was Peter Luca leaving. Because yep, he that's what I've been saying was too. breeding... The, he was the guy. He was the guy that was going to take over for Snyder. He was grooming the other guys to take over for Snyder. It was people that could have continued the passion, mm-hmm. the love for the Flyers that could have carried that on when he fucking left and everybody left with him and you replace him with these corporate assholes that don't know anything about hockey, don't have the passion for the Flyers. That's when everything died. Right there, and it's never been the same since. It's not. It's not just Snyder dying. It was the fact that Luco left. Like that was mm-hmm. that was the 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 real true collapse of this team and what could have been and what could have turned this franchise around. Like he he and his cronies leaving. It was the worst thing that ever happened for this franchise. 
Yep, see, I agree. See, and that's where you sit there and you go, a lot of people on Twitter and, and elsewhere still have this axe to grind with Bob Clark and Paul Holmgren and we hate these guys and they're old and they didn't understand the salary cap and we're our failures today are because of them. And it's like, yeah, but they cared about the team. Like all they do have failures. I would take them both as GM today. They, they both have their failures. They're not flawless. But you can't sit here and tell me that Bob Clark and Paul Holmgren didn't care about the Flyers because they did. They still do. Yeah. Like what what moves did did Hextall make as GM? And I don't even want to make this a Hextall thing. What has Chuck Fletcher done to really say, you know what? We're going to hammer home. This franchise is going to be back and it's back on the map. And and we, we care about this team. Everything is about the Wells Fargo Center. Everything is about everything else other than the Philadelphia Flyers. And I don't get it. Is it because they heard whispers about the 76ers leaving and exploring a new downtown arena? Which I don't know. I still don't buy that 100%. Yeah, whether that comes to fruition or not was you know tb but like but. is this is it all about the arena or is it about the hockey team because they're different they are linked but they are different yeah it's not the same mm-hmm. I, I don't know i think that's a legit question it sounds silly at the beginning do these people no, actually it absolutely care? makes sense and 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 you know that that falls on the responsibility of Fletcher and the GMs and whoever the Christy advisors are the days, Bill Barber and you know, Clark and Holmgren, all these old guys, you know, Danny Breer, you know, and, and it becomes, you know, we can ultimately take pot shots at, at Val Camilla and whatnot because she's guilty by association. But at the end of the day, she's doing her fucking job. This chick from the Sacramento Kings is doing her fucking job. You yeah. know, they're, they're mm-hmm. doing their jobs to the best of their ability. It's the hockey ops department that is ultimately failing here more than anything. Right. And, you know, so that it's a valid point. It's a valid point to bring up. And, you know, certainly something that I don't think a whole lot of other people are talking about. Yeah, and no, I agree with you guys. It's um, like definitely don't get the communication from ownership either. You know, when Snyder was here, he would be down in the locker room. He'd give interviews. You know, he was always really gung ho about town hall meetings. And one of his most famous quotes, I think he mentioned it to a lot of reporters, was like, "I'm obligated to speak to our fans and when times are good and when times are bad." And kind of you know having somebody that has that mentality to communicate and to care about the product that they're having inside of that arena speaks a lot to fans and it creates a lot of goodwill with people. And I don't see Dave Scott at the arena. I don't hear from him. And the one time we did hear from him, he obviously had no idea what was going (laughs) on. Fucking lunatic. (laughs) And I think you need to communicate with people better and they just don't do it. Um, Dave and I, I don't really need to hear from Val Camillo. I mean, but I need to hear about what's going on with the team and you can't, cancel town hall meetings in years when you're not doing well, which they've done on at least one occasion during the Fletcher era. Um, they had COVID and, bail them out for the last few years that they didn't have yeah. to officially cancel it for that reason, but they didn't Although go the out of the year way to do that, it either. It was the year that Fletcher came in when Hextall was fired. Fletcher came in in what, like December of 18. Well, mm. And they didn't have a town hall meeting that year <laughs> because why they didn't know what to say. They were un- they're uncomfortable talking to people. Yep. They don't want to do this. 
You know, it's it's just you can't start to do those things and expect that people are still going to be loyal to your brand. Um, and, yeah, it doesn't seem like they care about the hockey team too much. It's a it's obviously the business, but it's a. It's it doesn't make any sense, because if they don't care about the hockey team, then fine, you care about profit. But the thing that's influencing your profit are the players yes. and you're just letting the players stay the same all the time and destroy your profit. So it doesn't it it makes no sense in either direction. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, there's there's no hockey team to get fans in to build the experience to make money anyway. If you're having 2,000 people in the Wells Fargo Center every night, I mean, you saw those crowds towards the end of last season. How much money are you losing on beer sales and food sales and all this shit, even just potential profit, because there's one-third of the building is full? You know, and those are numbers that are going to continue this season if there's not drastic changes. And you pissed away the whole offseason doing nothing. Nobody's going to show up and, and, you know, pay money to nobody. I don't know. It's fucking it's absolutely ridiculous. The the hockey side, how big of a failure it's gotten. And, you know, the, the entire organization looks bad because of it. Even the people that aren't directly responsible for the on ice product. Mm-hmm. Speaking of of off ice stuff, um, what do you guys make of the Flyers' hire of Ian McCown this off season? His his title is Vice President Athletic Performance and Wellness, and the Flyers apparently hired him um, for this critical new role after a global search process. <laughs> um, I don't. I'm not sure if they went to the Sahara Desert or not because I hear they've got some really good candidates there, but. Uh, what do you guys make of this? I mean, do you think that this is going to make a difference? And I'm not even sure what he's doing. I guess nutrition overseeing their health and wellness program. Yeah, he had a fucking laundry list of things that he was, you know, going to do. It was in the uh, in the press release. But I mean, after last season when Derek Broussard tried to come back six different times from an injury, and Couturier played on a back injury for like three weeks before they finally had surgery, and Ryan Ellis disappeared, like you definitely needed to do something to address that. And I guess you know I, I don't think they got rid of anybody in the training staff or flipped anybody like that. We probably would have heard about it, but I guess this is some level of addressing the medical concerns because there clearly is something going on behind the scenes there um, in terms of their handling of of injuries and just general upkeep of their players so you know it's much like any other move just like we talked about with all the pizza like whoop they do they fucking did it It, it, it's a guy we're probably never going to hear about very often um but at the end of the day it it does seem to address some kind of need that the team had so more power to him i guess but you know it's 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 (laughs) they they made a much bigger spectacle of it than i think it needed to be yeah Um, the whole thing of it was a global search yeah like, wow, why stop there? Why not do a galact- intergalactic <laughs> Universal search? search. <laughs> you know, like, yes. And you know what? Good. I, I wish him well. I hope he does well. Like, this team obviously needed some kind of a shakeup in terms of looking at, you know, do the players have too much of a say in terms of, hey, I want to come back and play? Or does the medical staff have a little bit more sway and pull? Um, you know, what are they doing to help prevent some of these injuries? You know, what are they doing to, you know, are they going to keep throwing Wade Allison in in the Rangers rookie games that are coming up shortly? Uh, you know, who's who's going to be on the chopping block in that game? You know, I don't know. Well, I, I wish him well, but I again, like Dan said, I don't think you're ever going to hear this guy's name again. Mm-hmm. 
So the press release also mentions uh, that he's going to be working across all of the organization's relevant departments, including the analytics department, what? to create to create <laughs> customized, comprehensive health and wellness plans for each of the Flyers players. Mm, so, uh, no more chicken nuggets for Travis Sanheim with his Coronas by the pool. I'm glad, yeah. like a big boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm very glad they have him here. Um, I think that these kinds of individuals are essential at the professional level, but uh, what were they doing before him? Like, did they, how does this go on? I know there's a team nutritionist, I think, but like, is that person working? Was that person working with the players? What are they question. doing? What the, hell, what, the, what have they been doing when it comes to this regard? I mean, this is 2022. Like these sorts of, um, individuals have been in sports for at least a decade now, at least in the NFL level and probably some other leagues as well. And some other teams, in the NHL, I just can't imagine with a team that had so many resources as the flyers do and, you know, cooks in the kitchen that this, this individual role would kind of be ignored until now. Um, it's just kind of bizarre to me that they didn't have somebody in here looking after health and wellness to this extent before I don't, necessarily know if we'll see a noticeable uptick i mean possibly but it's it's going to be difficult when half of your players are on the injured list <laughs> throughout the season see but that leads back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago so they're hiring an analytics department and then they're hiring you know this new medical guy yeah exactly and then they're right hiring now. all these advisors and mm -hmm. all this and, and it's like and what about the players? Everything but the players. <laughs> and what? Like, totally like, right. Literally, like, no. do you even care about this team? Like, it's all the ancillary, you know, outward stuff that you care about. You're not mm -hmm. getting to the actual meat and potatoes, the core of this thing. Mm -hmm. The players, the game, how it's played, the style, everything. It's, it's all about, you know, a five-star cook. Yeah, the sound system, yeah. the medical staff, the analytics department, all these resources. Like, sooner or later, the they'll fix everything players. else. You know, they'll get and sooner they'll they'll get around to the team eventually. But first, we got to worry about you know the pizza. <laughs> I mean, all these things are obviously. I mean, I think they you know they serve a purpose and sure. all collectively they're helpful, but. They're not going to make it's this all team. It's all for not if you don't have a product on the ice. It's going to draw fans in the yeah. first place. I mean, they're not going to make third-line players play like second-line players. They're not going to make second-line players play like first-line players. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Perhaps they're healthier longer or, you know, they're more athletic in, you know, in terms of certain areas. But um, it's not going to take – it's not going to transition mediocre talent to elite talent. It's just, it's just not. And I think that they kind of think that. I think that they think – our players are good enough to compete and we just don't have enough infrastructure here. We don't have enough people around them to get what we need out of them. Hence John Tortorella as well. Yeah. They didn't even go in a different direction. Like it's one thing to say, okay, well we tried with this veteran coach and this veteran team, we got to scrap that idea. We're going to, you know, go with like a, I don't know, like a younger coach, like a David Quinn and, you know, try to trade off guys and rebuild, you know, something like that. But it's the same direction. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> it, it is weird in the sense that, like, don't you think that even more ticket sales would have been done if they would have fired Chuck Fletcher at the end of the season? By a wide margin, yeah. And you start fresh. Yep. With a new 
general manager. That general manager would get to select or at least have a strong (laughs) say in who the head coach is going to be. Right. Instead, they did this whole cloak and dagger, you know, mysterious coaching search where we're taking our time. And by the way, Chuck Fletcher doesn't really have anything to do with this. We hired a firm to do it. And it's like, yeah, I know, and I know I that all about that. <laughs> and I and I, yeah, like, like we're so hip, we're so hip <sighs> and on onto these trends. And it's like, fuck. I mean, you can't you can market the unknown to people. But they can't even do that properly. <laughs> See, and that's what I and that's what I mean. Like, wouldn't it have been just better overall to have just said goodbye to Chuck Fletcher and just said, you know what, we're gonna get a new general manager, and that general manager is gonna have an impact and an input on the new head coach, and we're gonna start fresh. And you know what? Then whatever happens in the offseason happens. But now it's like nobody even knows why he's still around and like mm-hmm. literally like 99.9% chance that at some point this season, he's going to be shown the door anyway, Yep. which leads you to believe like, why even are we even going through this exercise? Mm-hmm. Like why yeah. even, why even have a Dave Scott say, well, you know, and hold off on this decision. Why not just say, you know what? It's the, like, I know there's going to be no fans at the, at the stadium this year, but when are you going to start to hear the fire Chuck Fletcher chance? Probably by game three or four is my guess. Maybe sooner. <laughs> like, get ahead of this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't They're just doing be themselves reactive. no favors. Yeah. If they fire another executive, uh, like in the middle of the season, I mean, you got to start having some of these national guys like get on this franchise. I mean, you're talking firing head coaches and general managers mid season, like over a, what a five, like a five, six year period here, like back to back to back to back. It's just, I mean, that is as much of a mess as you'll see anywhere. I I don't even see the Sabres doing that stuff. Yeah. Something's got to give sooner or later. And you know, I have a feeling one way or another, shit's going to hit the fan eventually this year. And, uh, you know, hopefully whoever the next GM is, whether it's Briere or somebody else, hopefully they come in and have the balls to start gutting this shit and moving on. Because, man, there there is no easy way out of this. And, and you got to start making changes immediately to, to start reaping the benefits as quickly as possible. It's going to take years to undo this shit from the cap perspective and the prospect pool and all. It's It's going to take a long time. And... You know, wish they started on it this past summer, but no, nope, they gave Fletcher one more kick at the can. He failed miserably, and now here we are gearing up for another season of fucking bullshit from a sports team that you know should be so much better than they are, but for whatever reason, yeah. they don't uh, don't want to be. 